today on the news and why it matters. Reports say Mitch McConnell does not have uh, the votes to block witnesses in the Senate, but he says he will get them by Friday. Also, a resurfaced John Bolton clip presents quite a problem for his new story. Mm. And the 2020 Democratic candidates, how crazy can they get? Uh, The answer is infinite. We got a lot coming up and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Today, oh my gosh, I am really excited for this lineup. We've got all the hard hitters here at one Mm -hmm. table. We've got Glenn Beck back again. It's my lucky week. I don't know why (laughs) you keep agreeing to be on the show. It's my lucky week. We've got Stuber Gear back in the house. Again, my lucky week. Mm -hmm. I know. Takes the shine off the whole thing. Mm. And then the Daily Wire's Josh Hammer. Sarah, I am honored to be here. Thank oh. you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to keep up with all of the intelligence at this <laughs> table, but I'm going to try. Uh, before we get into it, we would like to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Um, Glenn, I know we've got, there's a little bit in the news right now. There's like the coronavirus going on. So I talked to the on. coronavirus, uh, you know, an expert. The actual virus w- you talked to? I talked to him. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, that's right, it comes from beer. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I talked to uh, an epidemiologist from Harvard, and he's with the WHO. And there's going to be a big meeting tomorrow, the WHO. But this is, uh, we really don't know what we're dealing with right now. But again, we're now over 70 million people that are quarantined in uh, China. We don't know if their numbers are even true. This is going to impact if it if it burns itself out here in a month or so, we're okay. Mm. But you're looking at companies like Apple. You're looking you're looking at the entire steel industry of China closed this week. If that continues, if this is like that, what 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 happens to the economy? How do you survive even if it's eight weeks mm. where you're not? You know they closed all of the schools in Shanghai today. Imagine all the schools are closed. They're telling you, don't go in. Don't just stay in the house. Are you prepared for that? Yeah. And you're not going to know until it's too late unless you get my Patriot supply. Right now, you can save 45% on their two-week food supply. It's breakfast, lunch, dinners. It lasts up to 25 years in storage. So surely coronavirus will be done uh, by that time. They ship it discreetly to your door with guaranteed two-day delivery. You can go to preparewiththeblaze.com. Again, save 45%. That's quite a steal. you got to go to preparewiththeblaze.com. That is preparewiththeblaze.com. So Mitch McConnell says he is increasingly confident that, you know, well, he doesn't have the votes yet to block any witnesses in uh, the Senate. But he says that he will have them by Friday. I think it's a mistake. Do you? I do. Because Stu and I talked about this on the radio today. Um, you you are making John Bolton into some a bigger story than he probably is by blocking him. Mm-hmm. You're giving his book all the hype. So when it comes out, everybody will want to see what he wanted to say. And everybody at CNN, MSNBC, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, everyone, NPR will interview him and not ask tough questions. They will ask the questions that give them the answer they want and not press him. By putting him, I know this is bad, and you're probably great on this. This is bad legal strategy. They've won the case. What are you doing? Right. But 
part of this case, this is a political procedure. Part of this case is optics, right? Win it with the American people yeah. by bringing him on and showing there's nothing there. Again, there's nothing there. Um, you dismantle all the boogeymen, and you can say, yeah, we had their witness that they had to have. There was nothing there, and he is acquitted. The book's nothing. The interviews afterwards are nothing, and the boogeyman is gone. Stu, do you agree? Yeah, I do actually. I mean, there's you're showing you say actually. Well, yeah, I finally agree yeah, with I this guy over here. Twenty years, finally, <laughs> one thing. Well, I actually think we're totally in the minority here among conservatives, yeah. and mm -hmm. I think the the basis for that is that we're in this very much this very much now news cycle thought process where right now. It's either he testifies or we don't have to hear what he says. And we're losing sight of the fact that in a month or two, he's releasing a book. And we're going to have to deal with all this stuff anyway. It's coming out. So why not release it and, 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 and deal with it in a time where you have your expert attorneys who are going to be able to question him and press him on every little point that he makes if you think he's lying or saying something untrue? Number two, none of us believe that he's going to bring up something that's actually going right. to change your opinion on impeachment or not. The polling is excellent as far as bringing him on. Every, the overwhelming majority of Americans want him to testify. May, may, I, may I interject Why some not? brand new video that was just sent to me from Mark Levin. Uh, Mark found this and he said he's going to talk about it tonight. We're going to be addressing it tomorrow, but I think we should address it right now. This is from Ukrainian or Radio Free Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and it's an interview with John Bolton. Now, remember, this is in August, August of 2019. This is him talking about the phone call and the lack of a meeting with the president and President Zelensky. Listen to what he said in August. The follow-up to my visit last year on Independence Day, where I was uh, really honored to have a chance to participate in that, uh, and now with the new government in Ukraine to see what might be possible going forward on a whole variety of fronts. Do you plan to visit to meet President Zelensky and what messages uh, did you bring to him? Well, I, I will be meeting President Zelensky. Uh, he and President Trump have already spoken twice. The uh, uh, president called to congratulate President Zelensky on his election and then on his success in the parliamentary election. They were very warm and cordial calls. Mm. Uh, we're hoping that uh, they'll be able to meet in Warsaw and have a few minutes together uh, because the success of Ukraine uh, maintaining its freedom, uh, its system of representative government, uh, a free market economy free of corruption, uh, and dealing with the problems of the Donbass and the Crimea are okay. uh, high priorities so here. There's, not, there's nothing more. Priorities what you now. have to recognize here is, okay, of course he's going to say, he's working for the president, you can dismiss, he was cordial, blah, blah, blah. What is he going to say? Oh, man, he was <laughs> pushing him up against the wall. But what he said here was um, they're going to be meeting in Warsaw, well, wait a minute. I thought until they released the money, there was going to be no meeting. That's one of the big points of the MP of the uh, Trump defense is they were going to meet in Warsaw. And the only reason it didn't happen is because there was a hurricane and the president had to cancel. But it was already lined up and it was at Zelensky's suggestion. It doesn't have to be at the White House. Let's just meet in Warsaw. There's verification. Mm. Josh? So really, really good good points all around. Uh, make it unanimous. I mean, I say call witnesses, honestly. I mean, I was, I was here at Blaze TV with uh, our friend Chad Prather a couple days ago. This same exact topic came up in conversation. 
And basically what I said is as follows. I mean, if you read the Constitution, the House and Senate are supposed to do things that the Constitution talks about, you know, like pass laws and do things that we actually rightfully assign under the framers vision of governance to Article One of the federal government. This year, that's just not going to happen, okay? Let's face reality. The Democrats control the House, Republicans control the Senate. It's also an election year. So people, by definition, in an election year are not looking to stick their neck out and actually do the dirty work of legislating. So given that that is the reality on the ground, I really think the Republicans actually have more to gain electorally in November I agree. by playing this out. What is the worst thing that John Bolton could possibly say? We know already that he disagreed on, as a matter of policy. I think, I think we lost your mic. So let me let me um, let oh, me go wow. to really quickly, uh, Joe Manchin. Wow, that was almost at a bad De- point. <laughs> wow. I couldn't hear him, but it must have been bad. <laughs> Democratic <laughs> Senator Joe Manchin actually agrees with this whole let's call witnesses thing. Uh, he says that he would consider calling Hunter Biden. He's, mind you, the only Democrat who has said this. Let's listen to him. But, you know, Willie, I think someone has to ask the question, is this a constitutional trial or a political trial? Is Hunter Biden a relevant witness, Senator? Uh, You know, I I think so. I really do. I don't have a problem there because this is why we are where we are. Now, I think that he can clear himself of what I know and what I've heard, but being afraid to put anybody that might have pertinent information is wrong, no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. And not go home and say, well, I protected one and was afraid. No, if it's relevant, then it should be there. So, Josh, uh, not to make you re- repeat yourself all, you know, all the way, but you were saying that um, you were on Chad Prather's show and you kind of said the same thing. You agree with these guys here that uh, we and should Joe be calling. Manchin. And Joe Manchin, Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, that we should be calling witnesses. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin did, in fact, say that. The reality is that Republicans have more to gain electorally from subpoenaing Hunter Biden than they stand to lose from subpoenaing John Bolton. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a very easy trade-off here. We know for a fact that John Bolton disagreed with how President Trump conducted that phone call, in theory, as a matter of policy. He didn't say that on, on, the, on the clip we just saw, but we know as a matter of policy that he probably did. We know for a fact he disagreed with Rudy Giuliani and Lev Parnas and all the other mm-hmm. shenanigans that were going on there. But the basis for impeachment, what the Democrats are saying is fundamentally that this phone call was about 2020 and taking out a political mm-hmm. rival and not about corruption in Ukraine. Subpoenaing, hunting, subpoenaing Hunter Biden is directly relevant to that narrative and can flip the entire paradigm from mm-hmm. 2020 to 2016. Okay, so, so let me ask you this, because in thinking about this, the whistleblower shows the deep corruption. Um, and I actually want to share an idea with you off the air because I'd like your legal ad- legal advice on, <laughs> For on, free or? Yeah, on, uh, on how to how to make sure this is exactly buttoned up and right on something that we are working on for next for next Thursday for a special we're going to do. Um, but uh, Biden is you're right, really, really important. Um, but he is also a total complete disaster okay (laughs) and he could actually turn it around and make it look like we're picking on the poor hunter biden i don't think so but it's a possibility where the whistleblower well now the whistleblower is a hero the whistleblower is untouchable the whistleblower is angelic Mm. when you find out the real story of the whistleblower doesn't that really turn things in a much more sure way than hunter biden 
Yeah, quite possibly, right? I mean, like, I, I, I personally, as a, as, a, as a duty, I feel like it's my duty as an informed citizen to know exactly how this purported whistleblower right. coordinated with Adam Schiff, right? right? I mean, that whole timeline to me and the narrative there is absolutely fascinating. I mean, and just as a matter of pure politics, Glenn, I think you're exactly right. I mean, if Republicans subpoena the whistleblower, they can make a compelling anti-deep state political argument at the ballot in November. I think that has real political salience. I think the American people will gladly warm up to that political argument and right. put the Democrats in the position of defending this whistleblower process. That's not an easy thing to defend. Do you have any idea legally how how this thing is going to work? I mean, Mitch McConnell, I think, is making a real mistake if he says none. But do we get one if, I mean, if they say, we want we want Biden. Okay, well, then we want this one. And is there horse trading or how does that work? Do you have any idea? Well, there's no... There's no law on this, right? I mean, it's all right. se- it's, it's all internal Senate procedures. They can they can basically do legally whatever speaking whatever the heck they want to do. Um, they'll probably end up horse trading, is what I would imagine. Though. Now I have a plumber who has did some work but did not uh, give me the right price. How do I get that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a more legal advice. You have to wonder, Glenn, with this new uh, kind of resurfaced. He's one of the best legal. Minds. I know he is. I with, with John Bolton, now that this has resurfaced, do you think that that changes Democrats' minds at all, or I'm sorry, Republicans' minds at all on whether or not they want to do the trade with Bolton for uh, Hunter no, Biden? No, because I think you have, and he has become. Newman to me. And I've really, I've always enjoyed the <laughs> Seinfeld Newman, you know. Great character. Uh, great character. I've always enjoyed it. Never really fully appreciated because I didn't have a Newman in my life until <laughs> Romney. <laughs> Romney is Newman I to me. And, uh, and I can't stop saying his name like that. Romney. <laughs> That's all you have to say because of Romney. I, I don't. I have no idea. There's those people like him that will just go their own way. I think it's really, he is not popular in Utah. Mitt Romney, not popular in Utah. That's a big deal. (laughs) All right. When we come back, uh, Joe Biden tells another voter, Democratic voter, vote for someone else. And uh, he's a really old guy. So his VP pick is really important. And other crazy (laughs) things Democrats say. We'll be back. What is Romney pulling in Utah? I haven't. It's underwater. It's like he's literally underwater. Literally underwater. I mean. Hey, before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. So, Glenn, I know you have your dog is like the pickiest eater ever. No, my, well, no, no, you have no idea. We, we used to, when I, was, when I was on vacation for Christmas, yeah. we all would be like, tomorrow is your turn to feed Uno. I'm not kidding you. He, <laughs> would, he does not eat. We, we bring him to the vet, and every time, he's got to gain weight. We know. We know he won't <laughs> eat. Um, and we would have to literally, if you moved, you would go into where his bowl is, and you'd feed him. And then sometimes you'd have to get him started by holding some in your hand oh and hand gosh. feeding. And then you just stayed still. Don't go into that room. Don't leave that room because he'll eat as long as you don't break his attention and you're standing there. If you move, he'll stop eating and he'll follow you away. I'm telling you, last night, again, every day it's the same thing. We put the, the uh, VitaSmart in it now, which has, it's live, okay? Yeah. It's, everything else is dead in dog food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has all the good, you know, antioxidants probiotics, and probiotics, all that stuff. Vitamins. And, and so we put it in there, and apparently it tastes really good. I'm not kidding you. He runs to the bowl. <laughs> Yesterday we were in the kitchen, and Tanya said, who wants dinner? 
And he ran to the bowl Aww. and waited. I mean, it's crazy. And it actually has changed him as well. He's, I don't know, he's happier. He's, he wants to play all the time. I mean, it's changed him. It's good. So even if your dog is not a picky eater, Rough Greens, they've, like we said, they've got the probiotics, enzymes, vitamins, minerals healthy, that your healthy, dog healthy, needs. Healthy. They need it because they're not getting it from the dry dog food that you're getting them, even if you're spending like a gazillion dollars on that dog food. We're buying the best dog food. <laughs> it still expensive. doesn't have that stuff in it. Yeah. So you got to go to uh, roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com slash blaze. Or you can call 833-MY-DOG-33. Glenn, you might want to consider, I don't know, like getting your dog a therapist or something as well. No, I got him rough greens. He's totally fine. It just seems weird. He's just, no, he was like, he hated it. Apparently we had another dog, a female, uh, uh, Ella, and she just recently died. And she was the dominant one because she was there first. And then he came in like three years later. And uh, oh my gosh, when she died, it was like a bad marriage. All of a sudden he's happy. He's doing stuff. Before he was just like, Laying on the floor like, <laughs> I'm married, literally, to a... Right. And <laughs> yes, I can't. Yeah. I mean, what am I going to do? She dies, and he's got a whole new leaves in life. And now he has food he likes. He's living he like a king. Living the life yeah, he's right living now. Uh, Joe Biden was uh, speaking in Iowa to a uh, Democrat voter, talking about climate change. Uh, you know, obviously he was at a town hall. The voter came over, wanted to speak to him about uh, pipelines. And Joe Biden had a really interesting approach for dealing with this particular voter. Watch. We're going to support you if you win the nomination because we got to get rid of Trump. But what are we going to do about climate change? Now, you say, you say you're against pipelines, but then you want to replace these gas lines. That's not going to work. We, no, no, no. we got to stop building and replacing pipelines. We've got to go vote for someone else. All right. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to vote you in the general if you treat me. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm not. You're asking a picture of me. You're coming up and telling me you don't support me. No, no, no. My plan. Yeah, you did. You said you I said I will support you in the general. In the general. I'm looking for a primary. We're having a number. That's what I'm looking for, okay? Just because we're finding it. You believe that Bernie can do something by 2030? I'm actually supporting Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer, that's good. He's the guy that did more. Thanks, guys. Are we on the long line right here? The entire seems like a very combative way to uh, treat a Democrat like, voter. I swear to you, he doesn't want to win. Yeah. He's he, practically wearing a shirt that just says, please don't vote for me. <laughs> I'm the wrong candidate. Whatever the excuses I need to give you, I'll give it to you. Don't vote for me. I mean, literally, I don't understand. Literally, he has been asked... Make your case. I think it was in, it was in Iowa a while back. They said, May, "Will you make your case to the Iowa voters because things are going well right now?" He said, no, "I'm not going to do I it." I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a bizarre. I mean, move. And Bernie Sanders, he makes Bernie Sanders look cuddly. Yeah. He does. And I, I do want to just throw in, you know, this this guy first was identified as just a Democrat voter. Later, uh, they found out that this he actually was a he's a former state lawmaker. He is a Democrat. So anyone who was saying, "Oh, he's just a plant. He's trying to," you know mess things up no he's a democrat voter yeah. he 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 was in office in iowa and, and he, still, seemed, he gets treated like that i mean i genuine. can't imagine nice, so. look you want to be everyone's number two i learned this in radio that sounded bad i learned this in radio because i used to program top 40 radio stations which were always the number one stations in the market and it was never because they were the favorite station 
it's because everybody had a favorite, which was a niche, but they knew they could get the hit here. Mm -hmm. And so they were number two to everyone, which made them number one. Mm -hmm. He's saying, uh, you know, oh, I really I'm your number two. Get out of here. <laughs> right. That's crazy. Yeah, because it's crazy, especially in a caucus state. Right. Well, because, I mean, if you think about it, if you treat all of those people that way and it's the general election and Joe Biden is the nominee and it's, I don't know, snowing or something, does that man go to the poll still to cast a vote for Joe Biden? Yeah. I mean, that's a no. really weird interaction. I, I, it's like the only thing I could think of is maybe either his aides or somebody else had told him that this guy was a plant, so he was very suspicious of him or something. But this is the, not the first interaction that's turned out this way. I think he's just honestly has a major problem dealing with people. I mean, and this this is Joe Biden's uh, election to lose. It's just that that's and what he does best. He, he, he loses best. <laughs> that's yeah. his best feature. Um, he needs to figure out a way to turn this around. And right now, they're just trying to hide him. Yeah. Because every time he goes out in public, this stuff happens. Yeah. Josh, what are your so thoughts? There's so much wrong with what we just witnessed, but I think it's em worth emphasizing the nature of the Iowa caucus. I mean, Glenn, you were there in Iowa, big for Santa Cruz in 2016. I was there as well, also caucusing for Santa Cruz. It's crazy. This is not a primary voting process where you walk into a booth yeah. and just pull levers. Like, oh. So however much that individual thinks that he's voting for Tom Steyer and however much Joe Biden might think he's voting for Tom Steyer, you never know until yeah. you get to the caucus and you actually do the caucusing process. Yeah, you sit there. They try They try to yeah, sway exactly. you. Yeah. This guy's not going to be swayed. In fact, he will sway others saying, I talked to him. Exactly. He's an SOB, man. I don't know what he's thinking. But like, you know, again, like if, if Biden is calm in that interaction, right? Like he's like, I'm worried about pipelines. Well, Tom Steyer's the last guy in the world you should be voting for if you're worried about pipelines. And he the did guy, say that. Yeah, I know. He, and he, yeah. But he did it after he insulted yeah. him and almost pushed him over. And the guy said, I would vote for you. If you're if you're good to me, right. that's <laughs> like, what he actually yeah, said. He I would if you're yeah, good, good to me. me. Holy cow! He's a real. He just has some sort of temperament issue. The thing uh, is, he's eighty. <laughs> yeah, but so is everyone else in this race. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and speaking of that, I want to make sure that, that we have time to get to this. Speaking of that, uh, Joe Biden, obviously aware of how old and you know uh, fragile he is, he made a remark also about making sure that the VP pick was right because he's. A really old guy, watch. I can think of at least eight women, at least four or five people of color, that I think are totally qualified to be vice president okay. of the States. But for me, it has to be demonstrated that whoever I pick is two things. One, is capable of needing to be a president because I'm an old guy. Okay? <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Look, I'm in, thank God, I'm in great health, I work out. No, I'm serious. I, you know, I work out every morning. Serious, I'm old. I'm in good shape. I'm not I can die at any time. I mean, he probably would have been just fine letting them laugh at it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, don't laugh at that. I could die at any time. I'm sure I work out, but look at me. I mean, seriously. That's just in his speech pattern. He always cuts off laughter or applause no, and serious. says, I'm serious. Yeah. But I mean, it's, that is actually a likable moment for me with, with the Biden. Like, he's just trying to be funny. So he's playing it up and he's saying something that everyone's thinking. I think it's smart. He's leaning into that. The other interaction, Total opposite. Well, the second interaction I thought was funny until he like doubled and tripled yeah. down. Yes, I mean, yes. like, like he. No, I'm serious. Yeah. You should talk to my doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just got some tests. Back. I mean, we were like five seconds away from showing medical records to right. the camera, being like, "Look at my terrible cholesterol levels." Right. I mean, like, yeah. But like, it was funny at first, yeah. but then it became like, oh. "Do you have? Are you trying to tell us?" <laughs> In which he often tries to tell us, yes, like he's being held hostage. Yeah, Please I don't stop. think I don't he's. Uh, that was painful, actually. By the end of it, I thought. <laughs> what was that poll that you showed today, or not the poll, but the study showed today that um, 
38% chance that this goes to a brokered... Yeah, it was an election model where they right. said 37% yeah. chance that Biden wins, 36% chance that it goes to a brokered convention. Oh, what was wow. Bernie at? Uh, Bernie was 18. at 18. Oh, wow. Interesting. Right. And that, those are the DDHQ model. Jeez. Well, those guys, those, guys, those guys are good. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Back in a minute. I think that's, I think that's very feasible. Because Bernie yes. won't quit. So. Especially... Before we go, I uh, want to let you guys know about a really special offer we have going on. Uh, <laughs> Very special. Started as a joke. <laughs> well, it's a really special offer. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi did the, the, she had the impeachment pens, right, Yes, Stu? yes. And now we have wow. Nancy Pelosi sucks impeachment pens. Uh, if you go to Nancy Pelosi, uh, Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. Uh, what Was you Nancy will, Pelosi sucks already taken? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. It had to be, right? A couple thousand people want that. Um, but th- these look just like the impeachment pens. Um, except it just says the word sucks in the same font afterwards. It's a nice little thing to show where you stand mm. on the impeachment. And we're going to give Glenn some to take to the State of the I'm Union. I'm going to the State of the Union next week, <laughs> and I'm taking a box full. I'm handing them out like baby cigars. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go. I'm going to hand them to everybody in Congress and the Senate that I could hand them to. Uh, These are real. I, you can have your own. Really, no, they really. It's not yeah. a joke. For a price. Yes. I will hand one to Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. Tune in for overtime. (laughs) Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. The Bernie Sanders campaign rocked again by another Project Veritas video that dropped today. Golly, they are all over this campaign. Uh, The new video shows uh, Sanders campaign South Carolina field organizers Mason Baird and Daniel Taylor advocating for extreme action and militancy against political opponents and private property. Here's just a couple highlights, if you want to call them that, of uh, what they had to say. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take militancy. But just like a, a militant labor movement that's willing to, um, one, strike, uh, and if necessary, just uh, uh, you know, just destroy property and things like that. A lot of those people who, who who do that kind of work are are, you know, their their politics fall well outside of the American sort of norms. So they're Marxist-Leninists, they're anarchists, they're these types of folks, and. Um, and they have more of a mind for direct action, for engaging in politics outside of the electoral system. It is unfortunate that we have to make plans for extreme action, but like I said, it's, they're not gonna give it to us, even if Bernie is elected. We don't wanna scare people off, so you kinda gotta feel it out first before you get into the crazy stuff. For more extreme organizations and stuff like Antifa, you know, you're talking about the yellow vests, and all that, but you know, we're kind of keeping that, keeping that in the, on the back burner for right now. Um, we would need a federal government and a labor movement that is working together to, to strip power away from, from capitalists and, and, and preferably directing that violence towards property. After we abolish landlords, we don't have to, we don't have to kill them. You know what I'm saying? Come on, we don't have to kill them. Can just torture him a little bit. Uh, now, now, you could make a point, okay, there was just the one video. All right, there was another video. What is this, the fourth video now that's yeah. surfaced from not just volunteers, but paid staffers of the Bernie Sanders campaign 
I haven't heard, maybe I've missed it, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't heard his campaign have to answer really for any of it other than um, when Project Veritas went to an event and the campaign refused to comment on it. They had they called the police instead of facing the reporter and the policeman said they don't have any comment and they're choosing to stand by uh, their staffer, which to me says a lot. But are I mean, how do they not get any sort of repercussions from any of these videos? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting story because I think you can make an argument. Uh, these things get released. You know, they've done this before. They did this mm-hmm. with CNN. They, you know, like, yeah, this is a, the Project Veritas thing. They release these uh, people who are saying all sorts of crap a lot of time at a bar, right. half drunk, trying to impress people, their low-level staffers. Like, honestly, like, the CNN stuff, like, wasn't all that impactful to me. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I was all right, you know, whatever. But, like, in some ways... You know, so you could find somebody who works in an organization who believes crazy things. Right. You know, you're piling them up here. But even this, like considering the organization he's building, the fact that you find four people who are, you know, nuts uh, in your staff is I could dismiss it as a non-story, honestly. The fact that they have not fired these people is a story. It is a major story to keep people who are arguing for gulags <laughs> and violent action against capitalists in your employ. I mean, like, that's what normally happens, right? Even freaking, like, uh, Acorn back in the day when, when he had one of these tapes. They came out. They, they said, this is just one person. It's no big deal. But then they fired that one person. He's letting these people go on when they're threatening violent action on camera. Mm-hmm. It is incredible they have not had to answer for this because if they had dismissed it, you could make a fair enough case. They're low-level people. Right. You know, obviously, they lean left. They're on this campaign. You know, sometimes, you know, these young people get a little out of control. You could understand that argument. But the fact that they have not had to do anything about it is incredible. And considering, Josh, uh, you know, you had a Bernie Sanders uh, supporter who went and shot up yes. a baseball field yes. full of Republicans. Oh, yeah. You would think that they would take this kind of talk a little more seriously than they are. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, speaking of the media bias point and the deafening silence, really, I mean, the Washington Post says that democracy dies in darkness, but millions, perhaps tens of millions of people died in gulags. Mm-hmm. This is really no laughing matter. Mm-hmm. And just the silence from the our Praetorian Guard media is really quite deafening here. It's almost as if they have an ulterior agenda of sorts. But, you know, the late NFL football coach, Dennis Green, uh, back when he was coaching the Arizona Cardinals, famously had this post-game press conference mm-hmm. where, where he said, he was very fired up, said, they are who we thought they were. It was, it was like a viral clip on ESPN. They are who we thought we were. Like, mm-hmm. this is who we thought Bernie Sanders supporters are like. Bernie Sanders, we don't need to go through the whole history. He literally flew a hammer and sickle Soviet flag in his Burlington, Vermont mayoral office. He supported the Sandinistas, who were Marxist Leninists themselves, in Nicaragua. He literally stood toe to toe with Fidel Castro and the other geopolitical arch foes of the United States at the height of the existential conflict that was the Cold War. So to me, I, I'm, just, I'm just not surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat nonplussed that his campaign is attracting these sorts of people, honestly. Do you think that his the, the support that he's getting from this younger generation, is that just because, you know, because you mentioned all of these, you know, historical references, do, you, do they just not know what these are? Right. Like, how are they latching on to someone who has the history that you just brought up? Do they do they just have no clue what any of these mean? I think that's probably right. I mean, I was born in 1989. Okay, I mean, uh, that was the year the Berlin Wall fell. Obviously, the Soviet Union collapsed two years later in 91. 
you know, I think for people of our generation, like there's just the general historical ignorance. We see it in, in Holocaust and anti-Semitism all the time. The, the, the further you get from the Holocaust, I mean, the polls out on Americans, how ignorant they are of the Holocaust, how many people are killed, yeah. is tragic. And the further, the further we're going to get away from the Cold War, there's going to be more and more ignorance about how many people stall and killed in the gulags and things like that, too. So I think a lot of it just is sheer ignorance, honestly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of how, how crazy can the Democratic presidential candidates get, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg is a little, people are being a little critical of him. I will say the uh, the POC community, which is not the community Pete Buttigieg wants to be critical of him because he's already polling at like negative uh, five <laughs> with the African-American and uh, minority community. But uh, he is under fire today for sending out a survey of microaggressions on the campaign. Now... <laughs> It says, please only fill out this survey as you, if you identify as a person of color. Uh, answers will be used to inform our white colleagues about privilege Ugh. and microaggression. Yes. And now I will say uh, the, the part, and I don't, we, I don't think we have this, this video, but the part that uh, I would like to point out before we go over this insufferable survey is um, when he was asked about it, he said something, he made the comment about, well, I appreciate all of my staff of color. And apparently they're very upset that he said my staff of color. Because? They're just staff, I guess. I, I don't, you're asking I me, think it's the other way. I think it's, they think? are of color, but they shouldn't be referred to as staff. As staff. That's what I think. Okay. I don't know, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, you're asking you're me to what, explain what something that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know. I don't know, because they want to be referred to as people of color, not uh, staff of color. Uh, I'm I, not really sure. I think that they, they pick on whatever particular day it is, okay. yeah. they just choose to, what to be upset about and what not to be upset about. It's such a woke moment that yes. I can't tell what woke direction I'm supposed to be. Right. There was, there was right. some owner in the NBA, I can remember, who said like that he would stop referring to himself as an owner because with, yeah. like, with like a largely black yeah. yes. player base, yes. it, it had like racial overtones. It's weird because I don't remember any of the slaves getting paid millions of dollars yeah, to, uh, exactly. to do those, those <laughs> exactly. jobs. So, I don't know. No, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, they're the owner of the team. Right. They're right. not an owner of the people right. of, uh, who work yeah. for the team. That's not how employment works. Linguistically accurate term. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so these microaggressions uh, include, are you guys ready? This, yes. really, this really is horribly insufferable. Uh, insufferable, I can't talk today. Uh, have you ever experienced, here are some of the options, been interrupted or talked over, no. left off a relevant email chain, what? Not invited to a meeting directly related to your job. Idea was ignored or dismissed without explanation. Someone else taking credit for your idea. Been called the name of a different staff member of color. Or all of the above. Literally uh, every single thing on that list has happened to me in my life. Especially been, <laughs> well, not way. been called a different name. I, I don't have my, own, my poor original name. My mom named me. My dad named me, and that name's like dead. I'm dead named into a fake name. I mean, it's just, it's, I... I it's it, unbelievable. Uh, that, like, those are just normal things that happen to yeah. every human And I would like to say very racist to only hand this out to yes, people of color. right. What about the white people? Maybe they have been micro-aggressed. We have, by that list. If that's, the, if that's, that's what these controversies yeah. are about, Everyone. being talked over, is someone stealing your... I work with Glenn Beck. He steals my ideas all the time. <laughs> It's basically my whole working relationship with the guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I have one word. If you are just flipping out and complaining to your boss that you were left off of a CC of an email <laughs> or your idea, heaven forbid, was like just ignored by your superior, I, I have one word for you. 
you're a wussy. <laughs> like, yes. that's what's going yes. on here. This is the wussification of yes. America. Yes. That's literally what's going on here. Like, our, my generation is just so terrible. I know. You, well, you it's do. It's so you, bad. Because you read that and you're like, no wonder they're so fragile and they can't yeah. handle or tolerate anyone else's opinions all the time. If this is how they're being enabled, you know, by giving them this and they're thinking they're emboldened to like, oh, no one should ever be doing any of these things to me or else I'm somehow oppressed. I beg and plead to be left off email chains. <laughs> Leave me off of all email chains. I don't ever want to get another email. I will be microaggressed to the grave. I'm fine with it. I'm putting you on all my email chains now, <laughs> especially the ones that have nothing to do with you. Uh, and then lastly, Michael Bloomberg once again proves that he is not human. I don't know if he's like a cyborg or what, but he just cannot relate to uh, the average person. There is a video that surfaced of him last <laughs> night shaking a, uh, a man's hand and then shaking a dog's mouth. I don't know. I, I It was very awkward. The dog doesn't seem to know what's going on. <laughs> um, I guess he was doing it to try to be like cutesy and relatable. But I just everything he does that tries to be relatable. Did you see the video of him oh, eating, eating the ice eating cream? Eating the ice cream is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. What about the, what about the meatball? The, oh, the meat. Oh, the what, <laughs> what is was it? that? It's so weird. He's it's so, so weird. weird. I don't. Get, but how are these social media people, the strategists? I guess you would call them. How, how do they still have jobs with him? I have him? no idea. Well, I, I can tell you why. Because they uh, he's paying them. In exorbitant amounts and spending because like they did it they did a thing on uh, these field organizers you saw with the Sanders campaign the job is a thirty thousand dollar a year job it's I mean and it's not even for a full year in a lot of right, cases like right. it's not a big job right. he was paying field organizers one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> He's paying, he's paying field organizers four times what everyone else is paying them. They'll put, what do you want? Oh, that's hilarious. Your ice cream thing? Oh, my God. Let's tweet it. Like, you do anything. The guy's just overpaying everybody. And he's single-handedly yes. saving local media in, like, ten states right now. It's incredible. I mean, I, I don't want the guy to be president, but, I mean, I we've run a lot of local radio affiliates. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, their companies, they're all in clusters. Uh, all the music stations are with the talk stations. And this guy's dumping money into companies to support talk radio right now. I, mean, I don't think he realizes it, but he is. Uh, so I like that part of Michael Bloomberg. Uh, the other parts are a little bizarre. You know, I think my overall summation from today's show, <laughs> just looking at these three candidates, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, via his field organizers, and Michael Bloomberg, all of whom are, bet are between the ages, I believe, of 75 and 80. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a decrepit, dilapidated political party the Democrats have. I'm really glad that you said that because that was kind of my goal of the show today. Just, <laughs> like, just to, yeah, just to highlight. And look, we got that spring chicken Donald Trump on the other side. <laughs> who's what? Oh, he's only in his 70s. Okay, but I mean, you look at the, the their mannerisms and the way that they act, even. Yeah. It, you, do no. you, it's true. I mean, Trump, a difference, Trump right? has a lot of energy, for, yes. for sure. I mean, you know, honestly, Bernie has a lot of energy, too. He, well, uh, he does. Uh, he's just Unlike Biden, and I, Warren is almost seventy though too, and she she seems to be forcing it. And Pete Buttigieg is like eleven. I think it's bring your son to, to work day. I think Warren might be over seventy, or she's right around there at least. But uh, you know, Bernie Sanders, yeah, she actually does For look really age, good. Really Bernie does. has a lot of energy, but he also it's unfortunate to say he had a heart attack recently, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, like Biden's really not the one who should be talking about health issues. It's the guy who just had a heart attack. Right, right. Which it's sad to say that it's really Biden. Sad to say. That, well, but that Biden looks so much more worn down than the guy who just had a heart attack. Ooh, you don't want to be Biden at this point. Uh, all right, before we go, Don Lemon, we covered on the show yesterday that 
horrible moment, uh, you know, on his show where he and his guests mocked Trump supporters. And, it's so funny to put on a southern accent and make fun of half the country. Uh, here he was last night. He, you know, it was it's it's built on here as uh, Don's Don Lemon kind of apologizes. I don't agree with that. I don't think this was an apology at all. I think it was total crap what he said. And uh, he basically just passed the buck to uh, his good buddies. He was yucking it up with the night before. Watch. And one final note that I have for you, because this is personally important to me to address this. Okay. Anyone ask anyone who knows me, they'll tell you. I don't believe in belittling people, oh. belittling anyone for who they are, for what they believe, or where they're from. During an interview on Saturday night, one of my guests said something that made me laugh. And while in the moment, I found that joke humorous. And I didn't catch everything that was said. Ugh. Just to make this perfectly clear, I was laughing at the joke uh. and not at any group of people. I was laughing at the joke about the people, well, not <laughs> not the, the people directly. He did start laughing at least at the Ukraine joke, which, which is awful. the worst joke. Awful. That's the most offensive thing of this entire country. Like that is Thank an objectively you. awful joke, <laughs> and you. you should not be laughing at it. No. It certainly can't make you laugh like that. I no, mean, that is really bothersome. Dabbing his eyes with a Kleenex, yes. crying, <laughs> laughing from Ukraine. Give me a break. Uh, that's bothersome. I, I, you know, look, I think we. Don't actually care if Don Lemon runs segments like that every single night. What it does, though, it is a they finally illustrated in very clear terms how they feel. Mm -hmm. I think that's why that that clip was so popular and shared so many times, because it fits very well with the way it feels like Republicans and Trump supporters are treated all the time, that they're just morons and let's laugh at them. They don't normally do it that overtly, but that's just a, it's just a, a way of confirming our previously held uh, thought about how they actually uh, think about us. And, and, you know, look, I think it, it, the, the grand scheme of things, who can, no one, nobody saw the clip. Way more people have seen it to complain about it than actually saw it happen live. Yeah, I mean, it did, no one knew yeah. that it happened until Donald Trump tweeted it out because yeah. no one's watching Don Lemon. Right, and I have no problem. You can absolutely make fun of the president and call him all sorts of yeah. crazy names. Oh, I mean, I did it with Barack Obama. I will do it to every... You've we done made, it to President Trump, too, probably. I've done that. Oh, certainly. <laughs> and I will say, we did it to basically every candidate during the show. Yeah. I have no problem laughing at candidates. To, to take the to the, the wider base of people is, is usually a really bad idea. And I think Don found that out. And his excuse is so bad. Mm -hmm. What are you talking? You kept laughing through a segment where you like couldn't minute, hear the people? A minute 20. Like, that's insanity. It's obviously not true. They always go around Trump for, you know, this guy's a blatant liar. He's lying all the time. What was that? You're lying. Mm -hmm. Just say, look, I I think Trump's a liar. I think he's a bad guy. I think, I, you know, and I, I think a lot of people who are supporting him are dumb. Just, yeah, just freaking own it. it. You're on CNN. What are they going to do, throw you off? Yep. They're going to give you a freaking raise. <laughs> Josh. Yeah, I mean, I think the NRSC or the NR double C or whatever, like one of the Republican organizations has literally already turned that clip into, into, an, a, into a political advertisement, so which is brilliant. Ab so absolutely good. brilliant mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. They're splicing it in with Hillary's basket of deplorables yep. comment. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's it's amazing. amazing. I, I think the initial clip combines with what can perhaps charitably be described as a non-apology apology. That's like the, probably the nicest way to frame <laughs> it. Those two incidents combined 
certainly illustrates why polling of the media as an institution is at an all-time low. And, and to be clear, like this is not because the media is partisan or vitriolic. We can go back to the election of 1800 of John Adams versus Thomas Jefferson. Oh, yeah. The stuff that they said about each other, and there were, there were overtly partisan newspapers. There have always been very right-wing and left-wing publications. But the disdain, the sheer dripping condescension mm-hmm. that the mainstream media as perhaps best encapsulated by CNN, as Republicans have said for years, have for the rubes and yokels of flyover country, the people who just want to attend church and pay their taxes and not be mugged or, you know, not have uh, illegal aliens evading the board. Just do the basic U.S. patriotic citizen things. Mm-hmm. The, the bi-coastal media just hates them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Don Lemon should know better. Don Lemon's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He, yeah. he really should know Trump supporters. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, also, something terribly ironic about uh, Rick Wilson using the term boomer. Anyway, uh, yesterday's <laughs> poll, who is the worst host on CNN? Wow, speaking of Don Lemon, he ran away with this one. 70% said Don Lemon is the worst host, followed by uh, Fredo Cuomo, Anderson Cooper at 5%, and Wolf Blitzer at uh, almost 3%. That's interesting. Fredo had I mean, Cuomo's really bad. Look, I mean, he's not in the news right now, so I think he gets destroyed in this poll. He's yeah. got to be I felt like they'd be closer. There. I felt like they would be closer to yeah. Lemon and, and I would have voted for, for Cuomo sure. personally, yeah, honestly. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, today's poll, should CNN and fire Don Lemon for laughing while his guests were mocking Trump supporters. Ooh, that's a tough one. What do you think? I mean, I don't think so. Look, this is what they do. That's who they are. Because he actually, like, uh, you know, for for one week, 80 seconds, he actually did what they all do behind closed doors. I mean, like, that's not, you know, it shouldn't be a fireable offense. Again, like, I think you could make the argument that they should just embrace this. They're no longer even attempting to be a news network. Right. So, especially with people like Lemon, just, just go full out, do MSNBC, Go out and laugh at, you know, laugh at Americans every day. I mean, the, the no one who watched that show live had a problem with yeah. what happened. Yeah. And we can, I complain about this all the time. Like, we always get these, oh, I can't believe X, Y, and Z happens from, like, Media Matters or some left-wing blog. And it's like, none of these people actually watch. They're not buying the products. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They're not watching our show. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. I mean, this, is not, this shouldn't affect him at all. I mean, everybody who, who would turn on Don Lemon in the first place has no problem with what happened there. Josh? Yeah, I agree. It's a bad precedent to set as well, right? That's why it makes, it's like. It feels icky. It feels so icky that I want to say, yes, they should fire him if they were a credible news organization. Yeah. But to your point, I know that they're not. So what are the what are you going to do? I mean, the number of conservative commentators or radio hosts over the years who I've heard describe Democratic voters as low information voters, right? right? I, mean, a great I, point. I, I just don't want to get into that game. That's a great point. Although yeah. I will say, Don Lemon and uh, his friends gave a lot more uh, descriptions, descriptors sure. than just low For information. Sure. Let us know what you think. You can go to the Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at the Blaze, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you. No, no, no. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Stu Does America, February 4th. Watch it. Stu Does America. You should watch it and stuff or listen to it. I should watch it or they should watch it. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.